The adventuring band from Kel, calling themselves Two for One Drinks, and the druid girl, Spirit Walker Bits of a Tea Leaf, set sail from the Isle of Alea, Spirit of the Dawn Sea, aboard the ship that would bear them toward their goal. Though perhaps they'd have preferred to avoid it, on the sea they had a run-in with a ship known as the Ebon Wraith, commanded by the son of he who slew our sister. They saw his ship firing upon a merchant vessel, doomed to rest at the bottom of the sea, and moved in to save those people trapped on the sinking ship. In that they succeeded, and through the druid's intervention, they escaped unharmed and made port in the human city of Meriden. For but a moment they stopped there, finding a thread, a posting on a job board, to summon the hero of Breeze Bay, Absinthe, toward a distant island kingdom known to humans as Halder. Though not drawn there yet, fearing it to be a trap, the thread had taken hold. For the moment, they followed the path of the Sim Child, Time, as he sought to learn about the fate that had befallen his parents a decade before. On that path, they also chose to rescue a man that had gone missing, an arcane engineer critical to the repairs of an airship stuck in port. As they continued, they met Orlesa of the Veiled Pack, champion of Solana, and caretaker of time after the passing of his parents. She led them to the site where his parents had been laid for their eternal slumber, only to find that his father alone still slept, while his mother's spirit had been returned to a body as he had feared. More troubling, perhaps, was the revelation that she had modified her memory the day of her death, so that she believed him, her son, to be dead. Burdened by this news, they made their way back to Meriden, the people they had rescued from the Seraph's wing had eagerly awaited their return. Their leader, a woman calling herself Lily, wished to speak with Absinthe alone, and devised a plan to do so in a pointed way. One by one, she drew away the members of Two for One Drinks, until the bard was alone. My protege Taraya was responsible for drawing bits of a tea leaf and time away, bringing them to me. Like his mother before him, time sought answers to a thing as ancient as Alia itself. I offered him knowledge for the furthering of our path, but he declined, preferring a path of his own making. The plan enacted, Absinthe was arrested and brought to an isolated cell where Lily confronted them with a truth that stung like shards of ice. The hero of Breeze Bay bore the blood of Riven Bramble, the blood of the man who had slain Lily's sister, and ours. But Lily saw as we did that blood did not make them kin of the monster, and gave them a chance to prove themselves, kill their half-brother Warwick near the Isles of Halder. She left them then, and used the distraction of Absinthe's imprisonment to steal the airship the two foreign drinks had hoped to use. Absinthe was released, feeling the pull towards Halder now, but there was one last bit of business within the city. Led by their companion Thorn, they uncovered an abomination of magic. The cursed elf Malik and his trade and blood ethereum in the city, as well as the soulless creations of those tainted with it. His operation already closing due to the failure of his associate from Dalsera, he used this chance to learn the faces of those that had crossed him, vowing to remember them before leaving the city to return to his mistress. Thorn followed, his fate lying at the end of that road, while Absinthe followed their path toward Halder. Knowing the journey was long and seeking a way to shorten it, the remaining members of the group made their way back to Jarmok. Fitting, as it was where their adventure had started, and where they first crossed paths with us. It was also where they had friends and resources they wouldn't have anywhere else. So they returned, crossing the ocean and desert, and soon struck a deal with an ally. Assist with something in the ruins beneath Jarmok in exchange for teleportation to his port city near their goal. They agreed readily and made preparations, soon delving into something they could not have anticipated. Past the golem they had been hired to deactivate, they found ruins more ancient than any they had seen before. The ruins of our home. Venturing in, they saw the destruction wrought there, faced the shades of what the last of our people had been turned into. They saw the last remnants and shadows of what had been left behind. And two of them took a glance into our realm. If we hadn't already had our eyes on them, Tursum, Materan, and I having watched them for some time, we would have then. Now only just touching on the mysteries hidden in the past, they left that place, their curiosity now sparked. Soon they left after many warm and heartful partings, and with the help of the young golemancer Amea Oberon, they soon teleported to Dranvir. There they took up aboard the Stormbreaker, and made their way across the faded sea, 
but not without drawing the attention of that which lives there. After a brief battle in the middle of a storm with its scions, they were able to continue on their way. Unfortunately for Kizzy, child of Aris, but seed of Kaven, Halder and the chain of islands it was a part of were the domain of Kaven. Soon she felt her connection to Aris weaken, and her dreams twisted into nightmares by the five-headed demon god. She kept this from the others, not wanting to alarm them, and they continued on their way. Soon they entered the city of Halder itself, and many threads of fate began to converge. The hero of Breeze Bay sought an audience with the royal family to get more details about the summons they had found in Meriden. They arrived and were welcomed readily into the throne room, and greeted by King Tremond and Queen Lucina. Relieved to have someone help them with their pirate incursions, the queen missed the fact that the child she had cast away over two decades ago had walked into her home. The moment Kizzy's twin, Princess Simza, walked into the room, however, the unmistakable similarity in their faces was seen, and the king and queen both realized the truth. The king was overjoyed. The queen was not. Despite this, they were welcomed to the island, and their course was set. The turn of the season was approaching, when the great phoenix would abdicate his power to Doturn, and the people of Halder prepared to celebrate. Hoping to draw work like a moth to a flame, the hero and their companions proposed to perform during the festival of summer's end. They spread word, but didn't know that as events flowed, Warwick and his crew already were on their way, already knowing from his deep scion spies that his quarry was there. During the festival, as the curtains dropped, Warwick and the Kraken's bounty rose from beneath the waves to attack the port, scattering scared festival-goers. Thanks to the intervention of the Stormbreaker, the Kraken's bounty fled, but only after taking prisoners they could use as leverage to get what they really wanted. Panic eased after the ship left, and with the aid of the adventurers from Kel, things fell back into place. In the morning, Warwick's emissary arrived at the palace making his demands. Absent Artemisia for the citizens of Halder. Absinthe, of course, agreed. It might have been more dire if the spirit walker had not shifted her form to that of an octopus and ridden along with the Kraken's bounty, but her doing so gave a method by which their enemy could be tracked. So Absinthe went with them, while the rest of the party followed at a distance, using the druid as their guide and soon they found themselves in a place of divine tension. Once shrined to the azure aspect of Kaven, the place was now steeped in the dark eldritch energies of the Deep Terror. Warwick, envoy of the Dark One, used his position as leverage in his dealings with Kaven, and until today, it had worked in his favor. Upon their arrival, he met with Absinthe as the rest of their companions closed in. While he was true to his word in releasing the hostages once he had what he wanted, the meeting proved to show that the once relatively humble man had been twisted and shaped by his master, no longer the man Absinthe had once known. Once the adventurers from Kel arrived, conflict was inevitable. Without knowing that their intervention had been part of a plan Kaven had set into motion the day he summoned Kizzy back to her birthplace, they slew Warwick and his minions, thus freeing the Azure Shrine of Kaven from the Deep Terror's clutches. Countless miles away, the Fate Slayer felt his son's threads snap and go dark. Not daring to explore the shrine too much, knowing that the battle could well have alerted those in the camp above to their presence, they left to rejoin the Stormbreaker and the freed prisoners. They returned to Halder as heroes, and once they met with the royal family, Absinthe was granted the title Defender of the Isles for their aid. But by now, even without full knowledge of the nightmares that still plagued Kizzy, the fact Kaven was intimately involved on the Isle of Halder was unmistakable. Even mention of his name in the throne room drove the queen to a rage. Though Kaven had been prepared to deal with her through his champions should she interfere, it proved not to be necessary. The night that he extended his invitation to Kizzy to join him in the radiant shrine below the city, she accepted without much hesitation. She wanted this over as much as he did. Refusing to leave their companion to face us alone, the adventurers from Kel followed her into the shrine to face the gathered champions of Kven, the Quintarks. There they summoned the avatar of their master. He offered the young tiefling a deal that benefited none but him, a choice that hinged on selfless action or selfish desire. Be queen of Halder and allow Kven to rule the isle through her, or perish and have her soul join his horde. She sensed his selfish hunger and his desperation for the power he could hold 
but she would not yield to him. I watched as the threads of fate hummed, and the flow of time took its course that had always been possible, but never certain, as she defied him and spoke her true name, Kizian Glory. Her choice to defend a doomed world, a choice twelve of us made long ago, awoke the armor she wore and the divine spark within her, setting her on a path that could one day lead her to ascending to take the place of one of the long-forgotten gods of old. Her step toward ascension drove Kaven back from a hopeless fight her companions had fought to defend her. But he warned her that this would not be their last meeting, and his words from earlier, that this cycle was ending, still hung in the air even as he vanished. In the silence that followed that moment, they had choices to make, and a path forward to choose. They waited until my envoy and her companions arrived on the airship they had taken in Meriden, taking time to deal with some unfinished business. But the moment came, an underground bar, where the choice had to be made. We have seen how events flow down the river of time over many iterations, seen countless times how events can unfold. We know how a drop of rain on the river may affect a flood many leagues downstream. We know from experience how the smallest change can affect the course of fate. But sometimes we can still be surprised. And the hero of Breeze Bay, choosing to willingly follow their thread of fate into the lair of he who slew our sister, was a twist in the river's course we had not anticipated. The threads of fate shifted, and the course forward became less clear. But if I have learned anything over the eons, it is that if we cannot see the course forward, neither can our foe. Its shadow looms on the horizon, and if we hope to escape the darkness it longs to bring, perhaps what we need is not the course we have seen repeat over the endless centuries, the safe, predictable one. Perhaps Materan is right in thinking we should take this new course. He has been closest to them in their journey and seems keen to see how this plays out. The answers to their questions, and perhaps ours, lie below the frozen wastes where the old gods once called home. The key to the legacy they left behind, and what remains of their secret, lying in the forgotten and cold embrace of endless ages. As night falls, we watch as they who have defied gods and eldritch horrors turn their sight on home before they head to the land of Kyrat, far to the north. Thank you.